Welcome to the show, everybody. We got some LLC sports talk coming at you. We got a great show lined up for you. We're missing Ryan, but for a good cause. Ryan's out. He's in uh, Colorado getting some great skiing in, looks like. Sent us some pictures. Really jealous of him out there. That would be a good future topic is to talk about some great skiing areas. I'm sure Tyler could get behind that. I'm not sure so sure about Mango, but back to the show. We're going to talk about Tiger because he's the he's the story everyone's been listening to here. Uh, we'll get you a good take on that. A uh, little Ben Roethlisberger AFC quarterback ranking talk, maybe. It seems like he's back for sure. So we'll we'll get to that NBA my 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 special segment Alex gripe with the NBA um, came up with a little bit of a stretch today but should be fun to talk about we'll round it out with some golf talk and then a good hypothetical to end the show with so uh, but our first hypothetical let me get the guys in here now I can't I gotta I gotta do a little bit more multitasking than usual today so. You guys with me? I got I got Mango down in Charlotte over there. What's going on, Mango? What's going on, Alec? Nothing. Ready to talk about this Tiger Woods car crash? I'm ready. And then we got Tyler. news story of the week. We got Tyler in New York City. Tyler, how you doing? You ready to do this? I'm ready to do this. We've had two back-to-back beautiful days in New York City. The sun has recharged me. I am ready to go. That is man. We excellent. had a, we were at 72 today and like Ooh. 70 yesterday. It was it was perfect. It's supposed to get to the fifties here in uh, Western PA over the weekend, and I was actually thinking about trying to ski and golf in one day. Has anybody ever done that? I've always wanted to, and I've never done it. And uh, I have I have a little window to do this because there's going to be snow still, even though it's going to be in the fifties. There's still snow up there, so I could get a morning session in, hike it back to the country club, and try to get nine in, you know, in the mud essentially, and probably a little bit of snow left over. But I'm thinking it might be worth it. What do you think? This is a bucket list thing, Alec. I would say definitely go for it because you're not going to get many chances to get it done. But if you're going for an enjoy, you know, if you're just trying to enjoy the day, it oh. might not be worth it. If I'm trying to just enjoy the day, it's definitely not worth it. It's going to be probably <laughs> some miserable skiing and some miserable golf. But I mean, what I really need to do is just fly out to California and do it because that's really the place to do it. You know, I mean, you could get some excellent skiing and some excellent golf in the same day very easily out in California. So, um, Alec, is the country club the same country club that we played a scramble at and you were supposed to lead us to victory and then you completely dropped the ball? Is that the same? It's the, it's the same course, but I don't know if I would agree oh, okay. with all the facts there. I mean, I mean okay, you know, I was just trying, I was just getting it yeah. straight in my head. Yeah, okay. no, I didn't play well that round. If that's what you're asking, but these scrambles, you know, we've talked about it. Can't can't play a scramble. The professionals don't play scrambles. I'm basically a professional, so you know, it's just hard to do. And we got and we got pretty sloshed, if I remember correctly, on that, you know, on that particular. Yeah. That particular the bar day. Coming up on the second hole, that, that didn't help anybody. No, it didn't help anybody. But so, Mango, you broke it in the group chat about the Tiger story, and when you sent that to me, I pretty much flipped out of my office. It was great. But what did you do when you first found out about the story? Yeah, so it came pretty quickly to me. I would say, like within like three minutes of the initial posting, a couple of buddies from Wake Forest like reached out with like screenshots. And I was just like in complete shock because they were saying like the jaws of life and everything like that. Yeah. I'm thinking like, how serious is this injury? Like, is he okay? Like, you know, like mentally, like everything, because like, did he get hit in the head? Like, 
you know, like what, how is he injured? Like, is it, is he going to be okay? Is he ever going to play golf again? And, you know, slowly but surely finding out throughout the day that, you know, he's going to be lucky to probably walk again. Um, it, it's, yeah. it's really interesting hearing all the doctors come out and say this stuff. I mean, two multiple fractures, a shattered ankle, bone sticking through the skin, risk of infection. They've got to remove tissue, tear tissue, like surgically to, you know, get the swelling down. Yeah. I mean, this is like it's a pretty serious, severe. Like pretty I severe. keep thinking of, I keep thinking of the Alex Smith injury, mm-hmm. honestly. And yeah. I've heard a couple people compare he that. He had to go through to get back just to play in, you know, football. And, and you combine that with the bad back that you just had surgery on, you know, yeah. and, and the car crash can't have been great for that. So. But, he, but he did it, you know, Alex Smith came back and uh, oddly enough, you got the Hogan right. story, which I think is great. You know, you had that massive car accident and then came back. Um, I'll flip it over to Tyler here though. Tyler, did you hear the news in the group chat? I mean, that's how I heard out, found out about it. And I, and I kind of had a similar reaction to mango. I was just like, is he alive? You know? Um, but then it kind of calmed same, down after that. Same here. Yeah. Mango's on it. Mango. I don't know if you have a, a Google, uh, one of those word catch things set on Tiger Woods. Probably, probably RSS feed yeah, or you, whatever. You got that. You, so I first heard from Mango in the group chat, probably two, three, maybe more hours before I was notified just through the news networks, ESPN and other news networks, Apple yeah. News, I think even sent one, Tiger Woods in a, in a terrible car accident. So Mango was on it. I, my initial reaction was, you know, he'll, he'll be fine. I didn't think it was nearly as bad as what it was. And really, I didn't look into it until later that day. Uh, and when you see the pictures of the car, I mean, the angle that I want to take on this, and we might as well just jump into it. Why not? I want to talk about the car. I want to talk about the car. <laughs> what is the gen- you're where- the you're the car guy, Tyler? What I don't even know what this car was. Is this Genesis? Great, great uh, PR thing for the Genesis. Uh, yeah, people. yeah, that is true. And I was going to make it- that point, Mango. It was the the uh, the, the Genesis GV80 uh, SUV, which is pretty much brand new. I was doing some research on it uh, today it doesn't even have like safety ratings yet so they have they they pushed some of their other models you know through all of that yeah. the, okay. the, the gv 70 to 90 etc but the 80 yeah. is so new yeah they don't even have a lot of stats so it's you know when you're reading through the articles yeah. it's like well how does this thing rank we really don't know but for that line of vehicles for the most part it gets great ratings but but um i don't know i just I, I you know i witnessed and this is just a story i wanted to tell really quickly i witnessed a car crash in northern virginia last year when i still lived oh, outside of DC, dc dc yeah it was pretty horrific uh me and robin were out at the car just grabbing some stuff and it was parked you know right by a major intersection and we saw a honda crv which was brand new collide mm-hmm. head on with a mercedes suv and the mercedes had to have been doing plus 40 and yeah. i don't know how fast the honda was going but these two cars collided head on and the two persons in the mercedes and i mean i watched it happen the headlight assembly whipped by me almost hit us <laughs> oh boy the, the two passengers of the mercedes opened the door airbags deployed all that yeah and they walked away unscathed yeah. absolutely no issue not yeah. a scratch not even really shaken up 
but the driver uh, of the Honda CRV was just in terrible, terrible condition. Really? She was laying across the, the center console. Oh boy. She, um, she, her, she was holding her arm. Yeah. She went unconscious as we were trying to, you know, talk to her. Yeah. Uh, so I really do think that the vehicle has a lot to do with, you know, uh, your injuries, obviously, but even these luxury line vehicles, you know, if you were to compare like a Mercedes to a Genesis to a Tesla, I think the outcome would be very, very different depending on what you're driving. Yeah, so that's a good point. I mean, yeah. I used to always say a that. A couple I- things about that vehicle, though. It, so that that is like a brand new car, right? And it's it's an experimental one that they would have put out for the the tournament just at for the, Riviera just the for the tournament before, yeah just so that the players can drive it right for it's like VR, a, like, like an exclusivity thing it, yeah it's interesting because according to like uh, an article i read that thing was decked out with mm. safety features mm-hmm. because of the experimental line and everything like that and and i honestly think just hearing what the sh- the the sheriff uh, out in la said and everything that that he is just very very lucky to be alive and i actually experienced uh, head-on collision myself back in Winston-Salem and me and a buddy were in the car and we had a head-on whenever like I was oh. making it trying to make a turn to the left yeah and when you hit someone head-on it is like an explosion I yeah. mean the airbags go off there is smoke everywhere like it is just major shock and you're just you're just sitting there and you're like you know am I okay and it's right and it's crazy and, and to think about you know a car just flipping i think it was 70 feet off this off the side of the road and i mean that's just got to be it was very dramatic i think that was the biggest thing about the tiger story is how dramatic it was you know and and the way the car ended up this wasn't like he ran into a tree it was like you know he flipped the median he rolled down this hill the car's ridiculously screwed up and you know like I, I agree. Like you guys are talking about the, how the car. I'm assuming like, you guys are kind of making this point that the car saved his life, you know. And I, I would agree with that. I mean, if he's in a, if he's in a regular, I don't know, Chevy Tahoe, maybe he's not walking out of that as well, you know. So I'd agree. I haven't really been. I've been in a couple of wrecks. I, I know. I used to drive a, that Volkswagen around, and that thing, um, was decked out, and it had like actual metal. And I got into an accident. Um, actually, no, it wasn't the Volkswagen. It was the Audi I had before that old Audi. I had got into this like 360 thing going down 79 in the middle of a snowstorm ram ram right into the side of the wall. Um, and was fine. was able to just like drive away. You know, it wasn't even a big deal because it had that metal and that just like saves me. And then I got into an accident with a Chevy Equinox and that thing just crumpled like a freaking like pop cam when we, when we, like, I, I sort of, I did, I ran into the back of somebody. I mean, I wasn't going that fast. It, it, their car was barely touched, which was also like a Mercedes, not a scratch on it. The front end of my car was like just gone. So I guarantee you if Tiger Woods was in one my old Chevy Equinox, the, the outcome probably wouldn't have been as good, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't think he'll, I, I think he'll play. I think he'll play again. That's kind of my prediction on it you know i i uh, this 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 for me continues the story of tiger woods you know he comes back can he do it again 
You know, so I mean, even just him coming back to play a tournament, though, would be a major story. And boy, did the media run with it. I mean, it was like wall to wall coverage on CNN and everything like that. And you would have thought that he died. But, you know, I thought that was interesting too, the way the media covered it and all the extra things that came out, like the blow by blow Google map thing that somebody said in the group chat today. Like, it's just (laughs) all the extra stuff around it. It's funny. It speaks a lot to just like his his legacy, but you know cnn nbc abc like they all cut away yeah from like regularly scheduled programming to talk about mm. a car wreck that involved just tiger woods and yeah alec i I gotta disagree with you man i think he's done i i've i've had this conversation with a couple buddies like i i just don't think he gets back to any kind of shape where he can perform at the top level i think he plays the masters again just because it's the masters i think he plays with his son a few times um, you know, because that's just, so you're saying that he will actually play another, experience. you're saying he, 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 but he will play another professional golf tournament at some point in his life though, is what you're saying. It but, sounds like he's going to be able to walk again. Right. Yeah. And if you, I, I go back to the Alex Smith thing, right. You know, it, it, I, I think he'll be able Ty- to Tyler, what do you think? walk again, but yeah. yeah. I, do you think he's playing so golf? I meet, I meet you both in the middle. Um, will we see him swing a club again? My answer is yes. May not be in a major, right? Probably, you know, might be in. Uh, yeah, but Tiger Woods isn't I, going I back to play. Is. He's not going back to play the mini right. tours. You know what I mean? He's so, the Masters, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if he would play, it would be a major. I'd have to. I, I, if I would agree with Mango on that one. Well, but. I guess where I was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, my other thought was. You know, I can see I think the first step is seeing him show up to a major tournament and participate in something, whether it be, you know, going back to the Masters and participating in, you know, wouldn't they do that uh, skipping the ball across the pond or some sort of par three challenge, par three contest, something along those lines. That would be the first step. Right. But swinging the club is one thing. Having the strength and having stamina to play an entire 18 holes in a competitive environment. Yeah, that's another. Right. But we've seen bigger miracles. We'll just have to take it day by day and see how he gets through all this. Yeah, we will. It's It'll be interesting. I mean, the media is going to follow it so closely. Like the minute he like even steps foot on a putting green again, just to take a couple of putts, it's going right. to be like wall-to-wall coverage and analyzing right. this and analyzing <laughs> that. And then, you know, then some, some driving range footage will leak out and we'll be like, oh, like what's his ball head, you know, speed, blah, blah, blah. Let's, anal-, you know, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, Tiger Woods, you know, I, I, I said this about um, – um, I said this about Trump a lot, you know, it's just like the, his, his method was always just to keep his name in the news, you know, whether you loved him or you hated him, that was like one of his strategies. And it's like, what, like Tiger Woods finds a way to stay in the news, you know, it's just, it's just funny. So we'll be watching this very interesting here, probably well, for the next couple thing, of years. Think, yeah. Another thing to pay attention to is I was reading an article just the other day about how, just the evolution of Tiger Woods and how, you know, in his earlier days, he was very much closed off. He was not the kind of guy that anybody could just approach and ask for tips. You know, and, <laughs> Manga, why are you smiling out there? <laughs> right. So, but, yeah. but after all of his surgeries and after all of the struggles that he went through, he changed a bit. Right. He started opening up to the other younger players <laughs> and, and really taking to some of the other guys. So we'll see what happens after this. Right. I mean, yeah. You never know. Tiger Woods might might just start uh 
you know, rolling out nonprofits left and right. And I, I, who knows? You know, like, you know, Ma- Mango, yeah. Mango, I'll give you the last word on this. Bring bring us in on this topic because uh, you were smirking pretty pretty widely there when Tyler was trying. I, I, you know. Well, no, no. To be fair, I was smoking. I was smirking because my uh, my new cat is sleeping oh. uh, face down, palm down in the, in the chair over here. <laughs> so he's cracking me up, but. Thank you for the last word. I I think the one thing, and I agree with with Tyler, I I think there's going to be an evolution of Tiger, and I think he's going to be a face of the game forever. I think he knows that, um, and I think he's ready to take on that role. I wouldn't have said that five to ten years ago, but just based on the way that he interacts with the the younger guys and um, kind of the way that he wants to just kind of evolve the game and make sure that it's still big after him. Right. He, you know, Tiger Woods doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. So if you do lose him, it's, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, and to lose him early would be an even bigger deal. You know, I think the one thing that I'll say is that when I, I first heard that he broke both legs, I was like, that's absolutely it. Yeah. Now the right leg, in my opinion, is the, it's the luckiest thing to injure when it comes to a right-handed golf golf, golf swing. Right. Yeah. I would agree with that. It wasn't his bad knee that got hurt. Yeah. It wasn't his bad knee. I mean, he's, he's older, but if he can recover from this, the right leg is definitely the least functional body part when it comes to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a professional golf swing. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think that, you know, that's a, that's a silver lining. Um, for sure. Yeah. Good analysis there. I agree. You know, I, I also thought of that, that thought crossed my mind, like, Oh, you got lucky on this, you know? Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's, I have metal in my arm and I know how hard that was even just like weird stuff when even like the weather comes into play and things like that. I mean, his right leg is basically yeah. reconstructed. So it's completely you know. reconstructed, but, uh, we'll move on. I think that was good. Tiger Woods talk. We'll, we'll get back into some PGA tour talk later on in the episode and i'm sure tiger's name will come out of our lips well at least one more time but um you know i live in you know i'm living in pittsburgh and i listen to the homer 93.7 the fan radio all the time and all we hear about is ben roethlisberger and you know is he going to be on a stealer is he not going to be a stealer you guys are from pittsburgh i know you follow the news on it um i'm almost like you know like anything it gets overcooked um but you and I said on this show um, a week ago, I want to say, Mango, that we both thought he was coming back, and that's what it's looking like is happening. So the story for me on Ben, Ro- ben Roethlisberger is over with. Like he's coming in now. It's just how much of a pay cut is he gonna is he gonna take, and and, and what kind of team are they gonna be able to build around him? And I, I hope he takes this seriously. Like I hope he actually does take a substantial pay cut, and they just don't like amateurize his contract out further down the line and and just like kick the can because i like i i would have so much more respect for him as a player if he was able to take a pay cut actually go out and get some of the pieces that they're missing and put together another playoff run like why not like he's only 39 like give it one more year what say you guys (laughs) yeah i i mean it's it's interesting right so i i watched so I, I would agree with you that he's he's definitely coming back for another year. And I was watching uh, Stephen A. Smith the other day talk <laughs> about it, right? And he's a big Steelers fan. Yeah. But he was just like, Ben is the best option right now. He is. Even though he's not a great option. He right. Is, right. If you think about it, 
you got Mason Rudolph mm-hmm. and Dwayne Haskins backing mm-hmm. them up, mm-hmm. right? Dwayne Haskins, he's a joke. Mason Rudolph, he's a joke. The only reason that he even won eight games the season that Ben was injured was because Mike Tomlin is a coaching god. But I, I think that <laughs> I, I just don't think that this is a great option. I, I, I'm worried that the Steelers have a, a Ben Roethlisberger problem in that they have pretty much just sort of formulated this whole team around him. Yeah. And, and he is not of well, caliber anymore to lead a team to, to victory. I, I mean, I think he's got, I think he, you bring him back for one more season, but after that, and yeah. I, I've got well, some stuff that contract extension and like, get, get out of here with that. Yeah. So, and that's the problem is because yeah. he is old. So you're never going to be able to extend the contract and it's not so much, it's Ben Roethlisberger isn't worth his money anymore. I mean, he's he was on due to make a ton of money. They kind of got unlucky with COVID. The salary cap didn't get up. And it's like, you're $22 million over the cap stealers. You got to do something. I don't know. What do you say, Tyler? I, I, I agree with most of what Mango said, except that last part. That, you know, And we talked about this on previous podcasts. I think in many ways the coaching – holds Ben Roethlisberger back. I think, I say, to get back to the question, absolutely. He is your best option. I did see that clip by Stephen A. I agreed with everything Stephen A. Smith said. Um, you know, I, I mean, you could just walk down the stats. Um, he's he's capable of doing this. And if you look back and if you study Big Ben's career, I love going back to his early days when, you know, you look at the 2004 season i remember being in high school me and mango were you know yeah jeez we were over a buddy's house running around north allegheny yeah running around with like airsoft guns and stuff (laughs) right but you've got you had the the steelers playing the patriots both of them nearly perfect season and of course steelers get crushed by the Pats, but that happens to a lot of teams and that's happened a lot to the steelers tom brady's tom brady especially early yeah um but then if you look at the next season, right, and I remember seeing this in a documentary after that game, Ben Roethlisberger looked at Jerome Bettis, who wanted to retire, and mm-hmm. said, if you come back another year, I'll win you a Super Bowl. Right. Jerome, you know, he, he, he said, you know, years later, he was like, I look back on that moment, man, I was like, like what is this guy thinking? Like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, yeah, right. And he decided to come back for another year, and that year, the Steelers went 7-5. and five. So in 2005, they went 7-5. and five. I just think this is the coolest story. They literally could not lose another game, and they right. didn't. Right, and they. they I remember won that year. All of their playoff games. Yeah, they won. They won the Super Bowl. Right, and that was. I don't know. There was something about that. Yeah, the Steelers had that, a phenomenal team, but that, that I mean, was Ben magical. was able to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. I, and so the Steelers are capable. Like the, the Steelers are capable of going on runs. I mean, we saw it in the beginning of last they season. Are. And, 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 and if and if, if they would have just done that at the end, we would have been fine, you know. <laughs> so, but if, but, if, but if you look at that, though, look at the similarities though between <laughs> that 2004 2005 season, and now you've got the 2020 2021, and now next season where we yeah. almost had a perfect season, right? And then it all falls apart in the postseason. It, there's a lot of similarities between these two runs, and I think next year, yeah, you hold on to Ben, you get him, a, you get him a strong line. For Pete's sake, I you know. get the man a big red zone running, running back, back. pullback mm-hmm. like Jerome Bettis that could pound the ball in yeah. when you're in the red zone. That if you look back on this last season, holy, sp- how many times were the Steelers inside 20 yards right, and they could right. not put the ball in the end zone? And they just gave up on running, and that and that's been talked yeah. about to death on they on ninety three seven. 
But James Conner cannot be a red zone running back. I'm no. sorry. Yeah. Is he gone for sure? Is Connor yeah, is think, Connor gone for sure? Gone for sure, and I think Dupree's gone for sure too. So I, yeah, I think he is. But if, if you, I mean, if, if the 05 season is is a blast to talk about, right? And and I I do remember that, and that they had to win like consecutive number of games to get there. But that was definitely a lot of miracles happened that season because I mean you've got uh, Carson Palmer going down right. first play of the game mm-hmm. after he throws a bomb. Yeah, right, first playoff game. <laughs> Tears his ACL. I'll forever feel right. bad for Cincy yeah. fans on that one. Yeah, I mean that because they they were going that mm-hmm. year. They mm-hmm. had that was their year. Chad Johnson in his prime. Prime. Yeah, and they were going that year. Mm-hmm. And then you had the the game against the Colts, which was outrageous. The shoestring mm-hmm. tackle. The Peyton Manning game. I remember that, that was when Peyton Manning was playing for the Colts. Yeah. Yep, that mm-hmm. was Peyton Manning in his prime. Right. And they were supposed to win the Super Bowl that year. And right. then we beat Denver. In the AFC, and that was a crazy game. I remember we went to the we went to the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden we were we were favorites. Like, <laughs> yeah, <and> that was <laughs> yeah. But I and then they almost lose it because streaky. because then Bettis fumbles it on the goal line. I'll never forget that either. So <laughs> in the indie game, yeah, yeah. The indie game. Um, I thought that was the that was the Super Bowl. I thought in the shoestring tackle. No. Yeah, no, that was the no, that was the indie game. That was the game where like Bettis was going to put in the end zone and it was going to seal it. Uh, Indy scooped the ball up, went down the field, and then they had either a chance to tie or beat us, and they missed the field goal. But in the Super Bowl, we beat the Seahawks 21 to 10, and that wasn't really ever that close. Okay. That was the game where we ran some trickery under uh, oh. Ken Wisenhut. We should bring him back. And he uh, and and, and Bill Cower. Bill Cower was coaching that game. Let's not forget actual some Correct. some actual no, trickery. Okay. One of my main criticisms of Mike Tomlin, <laughs> as you know, is lack of creativity or lack of innovation or lack of trying anything new. You know, it, it, whatever. It, it, I'll say this about Ben. His but, biggest. But, but you know what about you know what about that, Alex? What the, what the whole, Mango? If, if You're you not going to let me just slide how, that in there. How limited? No. If you think about how <laughs> limited Tomlin's coaching calls are. I bet you could, I bet you you could draw a line to Ben's capabilities as a quarterback, right? He can't. No, take a snap I I understand under that. Right. He's got to take a snap from the shot. Ben takes a lot of the, the ball, options right? out of the playbook. Out of the backfield, so you know he's throwing the ball, yeah. right? You spread the defense out. You're playing prevent defense on him all the time. You can tell. But there's still things the that there's still be. things that you can like, do though. Wait, 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 I mean, that doesn't that, mean you still can't play, run a flea flicker play. That doesn't mean uh, that yeah, you know I, you I, still I, can't. No, yes, you yes you can yes you can, Alec, because he would be ha- he would have to take the snap under center so that you know that it's going to be some sort of play action or trickery because well, he took 95 percent of his snaps from shotgun. From shotgun, yeah. Like it, and and you know what you do when you take snaps from shotgun. You give the running back a lot less room to work with, right? Like if you just hand it off to your side. Well, right, and, the, and the quarterback doesn't have to move. And I'm not saying James Conner is that good. Right. But but that's the thing. He doesn't move. And teams figured that out throughout the year. And it was just all about just like closing the pocket in, right? And he, I mean, what was his release time? Like 2.3 right, seconds. It was right. like a second yeah. quicker than any other season that he's had. No, and I'm not saying it doesn't, and it works. You know, you just have to find a way. Like, I, I look at the Saints, and I think they do a good job with this, where they bring in that Tyson Hill or whatever his name is and, and like, run him in some different patterns. You know, like, all I'm saying is you have to do something different every now and again. I'm not saying you got to, like, completely force but, but Ben to go under center. It, Alex, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you that, that he doesn't – that Ben doesn't take a lot of the plays away from you. I'm just saying that there's still some more to work with there. So, I don't know. 
I mean, who's yeah. who... uh, so I, I agree. Look, Ben, I do agree with what you said, Bango, in terms of Ben not being able to take snaps under center. That has been one of my biggest issues with Big Ben. I am so annoyed. And when the man tries to do it, he, he drops the ball, he trips the balls, and it's just a nightmare. Just don't just don't even have him do it or bring in your backup quarterback if you have to take a snap under center if you're at the goal line or something. Well, and that's what I'm just saying. Seriously, just keep him out of the game. It's, it's just a nightmare. But, look, yeah, we get it. He can't scramble. He can't shrug off tackles. He can't do anything. But catch the ball, stay in the pocket, quick release. Mm. That's pretty much all you're going to get from Ben. But then again, at the same time, if you look at Drew Brees, if you look at Tom Brady, if you look at some of the greatest quarterbacks right now, they don't scramble. They're not shrugging off tackles. Tom will throw the ball into the dirt you know, yeah. before someone's even five feet from him. So Ben just needs to get better at being a pocket passer, which he's obviously been working on for the past several years. <laughs> yeah. I think he's more than capable of it. He needs a strong receiver. He the needs ball. a running game. Yeah. He need, wide yeah. receivers need to start catching his perfect passes mm-hmm. instead of bouncing right off their face mask. Mm-hmm. He needs a he needs a strong run game with with numerous options right yeah. behind him. It just can't be James. And, and he, he and he and he needs a better line too. I think that line got old. You had Villanueva and Pouncey, and Pouncey was definitely good for like the majority of his career. But I mean, it's easy to look at him with the ball that went over the person's head in the Browns game in the playoffs this year and just say, oh, you know, he's not there anymore. But it's more than that. Like the reason why you don't have a running game is because you don't have a line. You referenced Ben 2.3 seconds, get out the pocket, you know, and like who, who is protecting who this year? I think the line looked better than they actually were because Ben was getting rid of the ball so quickly. And, you know, if he, when he did actually have to sit down there and they're like, why aren't they throwing it deep? Why aren't they throwing it over 10 yards and 15 yards? Oh, it must be Ben's arm must be Ben's arm. No, it was the line. They couldn't give him the time. They couldn't let the plays develop, you know? And, uh, that's what bothered me about the Steelers season this year. And, uh, you know, Ben loved his line guys. And I feel like he was doing that to kind of protect them. And, you know, you, you try to do this dip and dunk stuff and it's hard to catch balls as you reference mango. Like, you know, they, they got to do it. But when you're doing that heavy of a volume and you're doing these slants and, and quick, hard throws, I mean, you know, it's, it's not easy, you know? So I, I, I mean, that's, no, it's, it's not easy. You I know, mean, those slant plays, they, they can go so wrong. And especially yeah. when the, the defense knows what's coming. Right. Do uh, you know who I'm most interested to see this year on the offensive side? I mean, the Steelers are a defensive team. We talk offense all the time, and and, and the defense is what's going to win us a championship, if, if anything. I mean, we need someone on I the agree. other side to get Dupree, and I, I'm hoping that Watt comes. But he's not. I'm most interested to see how Chase Claypool develops because he reminds me a lot of like a – I don't want to say like a Metcalf because he's not that big. <laughs> Maybe like – I don't want to say who, maybe like a, like a Larry Fitzgerald, um, okay. you know, and, and I, I, I will be really interested to see how he develops in, in his second season because he might be the difference maker because Juju isn't it, right? Juju is not the a number one receiver on a team. He's an incredible yeah. second. He's, second he's a Heinz Ward receiver though, for me, which is why yeah. I like him. Um, I don't think he's coming back. I, he made that comment like some TMZ reporter tracked him down out in California or something like that when he was shopping and asked if he was playing for the Steelers next year. And, you know, Juju's like, yeah, definitely. I want to end my career as a Steeler, blah, 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 blah. And I'm pretty sure it was all bullshit because it's like, you know, yeah. and like We're same reason why the, the, the third Watts not coming to Pittsburgh either, because he's getting offered like $14 million to go play. Um, I forget where, but someone offered him major money. Um, people were talking about him going to the Browns and everything, but 
Um, yeah. But to, to kind of wrap up the Steelers talk, I mean, and let's take a look at the rest of the AFC North and rank the oh, quarterbacks. Before we do that, before we do that, Alec, if I could just have a real quick, I'll keep it short. We'll give. I'll, I'll give you the. Steelers. I'll give you the last word on this one, Tyler. Before we go on to ranking, I'll, ranking, I'll, uh, ranking yes, quarterbacks. Yeah, I'll keep it brief. I say you, you, you embrace this with everything you've got. This is the Steelers' best option. Ben, I don't care what you say. Yeah. Coming back after that surgery, Ben looked really freaking good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say, th- I say you set your sights on the 2022 draft for a QB, it would be, you know, and I've said this before, it would have been epic if Trevor Lawrence would have mm. decided to finish out his senior year right. in college and enter the draft in 2022. And then the Steelers, then like, trade just, up for him or something. Oh, yeah. my gosh, yes. <clears throat> I, that that would be my plan. But now he's entering the draft, whatever. But 2022 is your year. Bring in a, 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 a rookie QB. for uh, If the Roonies and if Tomlin decide to play not draft a quarterback and pull in, you know, one of these duds that are floating around. I'm going to be extremely disappointed. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to just stop watching the Steelers. You have to draft a rookie and you got to start rebuilding. Yeah, I agree. So and, that's my um, final word. And you do, let's and go. you do, you got to draft, you know, you got to find the replacement. Now you got to give one more year of Ben while this person sort of like learns the system and tries to get up to speed. Um, but I think you're right. Like Real- the first thing you said, like he's the best option for the Steelers. What are you trying to say, Mango? But, but if you bring well, one last comment, if you bring somebody <laughs> in this draft, though, it's a major distraction. I say. So what? The first few picks don't know. Look at what I, happened I, with Rodgers so, last year. Yeah, m- m- that wouldn't be my approach. I say you built. I don't know. What, what are your alternatives, though? You're gonna then then at when when Ben turns forty and he doesn't come back, and then you're stuck with. Mason Rudolph is that the alternative? You, you know? No, you have to trade up no, you, for a first round pick in the next next year's draft. That's what you have to do. You have to get a rookie. Play you have to play him. Rudolph. What you could do, wow. you could play a season with Rudolph. You, you know. You know what? So I was I was no. talking about Claypool, and it brought up uh, an interesting question that I have um, for y'all. So in five seconds, name the best wide receiver in the NFL. Alec, go. Mm, you said him earlier. I think that Metcalf is pretty darn Metcalf. Pretty darn Metcalf. Decent. Yeah. No doubt. No um, doubt I kind of cheated because you just said his name earlier, but I mean, damn, I had him on fantasy and he just cleaned up for me. I mean, you go out there watching him take down passes. Who was the other one out in Seattle that was really good too? Oh man, I'm gonna draw a blank on him. Lock it. Lock it. Yeah. Yeah, he's still around. And he was good. Yeah. Um well, oh, is that who is that who you were gonna say? Is that who you're oh, gonna yeah. say, Metcalf? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think it's I don't even think it's close. I mean, he's so fast, he's so big. I'm trying to think. And he and it, he's only gonna get better. And so many people compare him to you know Megatron, Calvin yeah. Johnson, and I I think that it's a great comparison because Megatron kind of had this like smoothness about him. You know, like he could shake off tackles and yeah. just make these spectacular plays and i just think that's going to come with time you could have said antonio yeah, brown he had a, he had a, he's had a, he had a good end of the season you know <laughs> so i mean he won a couple years ago i would have said antonio brown I mean, he just he just won a super bowl so you got to give him that you know like that was a whole sidebar so that was a story that consumed pittsburgh for you know forever and ever um was you know that whole story and what was happening and then you know he did he take one or two years off football i think it was two right um a b between the the steeler well, drama since you're gonna bring up yeah. since we're gonna bring up a b and i'm gonna extend my final word here um 
I just, I, I felt like I needed to make this comment when they were going on the rant about Ben and the Shotgun. You know, Ben and the Shotgun was never an issue when we had Radion Bell in the backfield. Do you remember that? Yeah. Because Let, he liked like that time. Bit. He could but move. He, but he, he could shake. Yeah. Yeah. And that was not James Conner's style. You know, James Conner needs to get running downhill. He needs like a right. off-eye, like you know, slant run that he can just get around a corner and turn up field and run somebody over. I can't even compare the offensive line that Le'Veon Bell had to what we had last year. That's true. That's true. true, But I would still argue that just to, just to throw Alec another little bone here, poke (laughs) Mango in the eye, you know, as a coach, you gotta identify these things Mm -hmm. and you gotta, you know, address it, look forward and address it. That's and, right. And all season, all we heard yeah, Tomlin I, say is like, Oh, we're going to go into the drawing room and we're going to fix the okay, running game. Just like we fixed the defense and yada, yada, yada. Well, no, that's part of what bothers me about him is he has, he has no honest word about him, you know? So what that's, that's, that's being a professional and not wanting to give away anything about your team right like he i know but he, he doesn't have answers he's professional he says the right he says the right things that without giving away anything yeah. that, that's that's just skill as being like a, a yeah that is his greatest skill yeah, i mean he he's smooth talk he's the excellent press. teddy bluger he can talk oh, to the press, talking the press. <laughs> and he wouldn't he wouldn't <laughs> say a single thing giving five word answers over Tomlin that's, with his that's right, you know yeah. silver tongue just smooth talking everybody. I agree with that hundred percent. I mean like maybe Bill Belichick like will come down to the Steelers and coach since he already lost Tom Brady. He'll just come down here I and mean, win Belichick, a win a season yeah, win I mean, some of Belichick is a good coach. I mean he made the playoffs after Tom Brady left. Oh that's right. No he didn't. Yeah. But Mike Tomlin did. Right. I was gonna say that's not right. Um, but uh, like I agree, uh, I think it's all we can all agree that Ben Roethlisberger is the best choice for the Steelers moving forward. And uh, but I mean, when you can when you look at the rest of the division, you look at the rest of the AFC, and you got Baker Mayfield up in Cleveland, Joe Burrow in Cincy, and then um, Lamar Jackson down in uh, Baltimore. Like Ben's last, right? I mean, he's he's probably last in the division. Is is kind of how I'm looking at it. Maybe. Let's all rank them. Okay, I'll I'll rank them. I like um, I like Baker Mayfield first. Um, <laughs> Lamar Jackson too. Alec, you can't lead this podcast you if you're going to say Baker Mayfield over yeah, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I but mean, it's you like his that. commercials. You like but it's it's what have you done for me lately is the thing with Baker Mayfield and and he got further than the rest of the other ones did. You kind of have to put Joe Burrow down there because he was injured. Okay, like whatever, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But it's what have you done for me lately? Who was the last person to win a a playoff game? You know, and it was Baker Mayfield. So I think Lamar Jackson. No, he wasn't. <laughs> they both they both won the same amount of playoff games this year. Yeah, they did. They did. Oh, I forgot they won that game. So, but they're one, two for me. I mean, they're one, two. It's, it's Baker, Lamar, Lamar, Baker, and then Joe Burrow and then, and then Ben. So somebody else can go now. I'm done with my rant. What what, what, what are we ranking? Are we ranking just AFC? AFC, the AFC quarterbacks. Yeah. Come on. Let's, that's what we were ranking. All right. While you're formulating, I've got (laughs) Lamar, Joe Burrow as two. Mayfield is three, Ben is four. And here's the reason why. I think that Joe Burrow, he got injured. 
right? So he didn't he didn't get to see he didn't get a big sample size for him. But no, he didn't. The dude is just a winner, and there were so many games and when he was playing where he was so close to like single handedly bringing that garbage team in Cincinnati. He had a rough start. He had a rough start. Team. Yeah, and then he was yeah, getting his was team a lot going. Of where he was. It was a one score. No, it, it was terrible when he got hurt because he was finally getting there and you could see it like happening. And it was like, oh, wow, he could end this season on a real high note, you know, and then he gets hurt, you know. So um, that's fair, Tyler. But but we both agreed that Ben's last, I guess, is the point I'm trying to what make. What about here, Josh so. Allen? Is nobody going to put Josh Allen in here? He's not. In the, he's not. He's not in the AFC North. the AFC North. AFC North. AFC North. You, you said this, AFC. Got, no. Me you and Tyler, or me and Mango definitely knew what was going on, Tyler. You know? <laughs> you got the Bengals, the, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Steelers. So, all right, all right, all right. All right. Um, let me do oh, – Jesus, this is tough. Uh, don't worry. We're going to do the whole league next, so then you can bring yeah, Josh Allen in. You know? <laughs> so, I'm going to put I'm gonna put Burrow ahead of um, – Lamar Jackson. So you're putting him number and one. Then, then I'm gonna, Best quarterback then I'm gonna in the put, AFC North is Joe Burrow. Then I'm gonna, then, then I'm gonna put. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. Then okay. I'm gonna put Ben, and <laughs> then I'm gonna put. I'm just making sure because you're having a hard time following log here, so I just wanted to, you know. Well, I thought you wanted to do the entire AFC, so that's, that's no. I think that's no. a better question. All right, so yeah. you had you had a, uh, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and then who did you say was number three? Ben. And then Baker is the worst. Correct. Wow. So we really flipped ours on that one. I would take I would take Ben over Baker at least for this last season. And I guess that's still still the point. Like if you're going to put Baker and Ben on the same level, then why wouldn't you go with Ben as your quarterback next season? You know, even if you do have to pay him fourteen million or however much it is. So yeah. I wonder how much Baker's making. Probably not fourteen million. Maybe enough with the commercials. He's getting to close to fourteen million. Um, rookie uh, contract, first round draft picks, or yeah, they're they're a good chunk. But I'd say they just don't hit the cap. I would well, then I would like a Ben would. Yeah, and I would say Ben and Baker are I would say top ten quarterbacks in the in the league right now. If you if you're gonna count them up, and not Lamar Jackson, ten, ten top ten in the league. I'm putting Lamar Jackson top ten too. Oh, okay. I thought you said okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So you're saying three of the four and not. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would actually say all four AFC quarterbacks, AFC North quarterbacks, are top ten in the league because you really don't have, you know, another division that's cleaning up like that. You know. So then you have Josh Allen. You got. Um, Blanking on his name, Kansas City. You got Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Drew Brees. Even Drew um, Brees. You know, I don't know if I'm counting top ten anymore, but. Oh, I don't know, man. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, the Seattle quarterback. Russell Wilson. Yeah. And it's tough to it's tough to think of those all four of them as as a top like 10. like Matt Ryan. Like I don't think Matt Ryan's top ten anymore. You know. No. No. Tan. Uh, who's the one in Miami, Tannehill. Tannehill, yeah. And Tannehill's in um, Tennessee. Or Tennessee, yeah. Where's 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 Jackson gonna go though? That's That's a question. Lamar Jackson. Or do we know that? Yeah. I didn't think he was going anywhere yet. Isn't he Isn't he leaving this year? No, I'm pretty sure he's staying with the Ravens. No, 
He'll he'll stay with the Ravens a long time. They're yeah. gonna give him the max. Where'd you hear that at? I'm sorry. I'm thinking. Wait, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Not Jackson. Um, oh, I just said the wrong name. Um, oh, I know who you're uh, thinking of. The uh, guy. Houston. That... Uh, oh yeah, he's staying there Deshaun too. Watson. Deshaun Watson. He's Watson. Not, he's not staying there. Yeah. He... I actually just right. saw a thing today that he's not. He, he said he told the new coach he, he won't play. Oh really? I thought he was yeah. coming in. <laughs> for yeah. sure. No, no, he's not. And then who was the, who was Detroit's anymore. Detroit's uh, quarterback that they decided? Stafford. Yeah, did he end Stafford. up going anywhere? I don't. I don't think he. I mean, he was going to go somewhere, so. but I don't think he ended up going anywhere. We'll have to look that up. Because because Wentz went to Indianapolis. Right. Right. So then, yeah, he didn't go to Indy. So interesting stuff. Well, the NFL will be fun to watch, and I'm looking forward to the draft this year. I'm not usually looking forward to, to drafts. I always think they're pretty boring and pointless, but um, it might actually be a more interesting one this year. So should be something to when keep our draft? eye on. Is that, yeah, is that an excuse to just get together and do a podcast? Have a roast a pig? I mean, if the Masters is, I don't see why the draft going to be. So, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of golf, let's get in some golf. Mango, do you got some news for us? What was the last tournament we played? The Genesis Open, right? The Genesis Open, it was won by Max Homa. Uh, love the guy. Learning more about him more and more. And, uh, like, some of his stuff is, is really hysterical. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of his swing roasts, um, you know, like on, on Instagram or anything like that. But was he um, just, like, just like a really, you know, interesting down-to-earth guy I, I i like him a lot he's won a, he's won a couple times um, yeah. on tour now but someone blew that tournament and i can't remember who i want to say it was like burns or something like that yeah um, but the, he like had the tournament the entire week and then blew it on sunday but there was a couple of guys that were right in it like dustin johnson was right there spieth was in it again Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's pretty interesting. Oh yeah, that was the, the one. The thing that I want to talk about is Justin Thomas. <laughs> Justin Thomas, in my mind, is has the most potential to be the best golfer of his generation, and I think that his derogatory slur that they caught at the beginning of this year, where he lost sponsors, yeah, has completely derailed one of his prime seasons and I will be interested to see if he can get it back. Now he played well in, he played well in Arizona in Phoenix and you know that yeah that, that's kind of a that's kind of a that's his, one of his courses right know? but right. otherwise he's played horrible. I think he was plus 8 at the Genesis I was I was, I was I'm looking down the, the I'm looking down the scorecard and I don't see him. Last. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um yeah, I can see that. That, I agree. Go ahead. I, I'm wondering if he's going to be able to pull it back together for this season and start playing well for the majors. Because you know, if I had to, if I had to put money on one player to win a major this season back in early January, it would have been Justin Thomas. Yeah, I, uh... I, I think that the I think that his confidence just grows and grows, and he is always in the mix when he's playing well. Like he's always right there. Like he lost a couple. of He's actually had a really bad playoff record in like the last like 18 months or so. Like I'm thinking of that one with like Morikawa at the Memorial whenever he like bombed that like 
you know, mm-hmm. fifty footer, and then more yeah. kind of sank like the thirty footer. Right. When he was right when he was playing out of his mind right before the PGA. Mm. But yeah, he's had a bad playoff record, but he is always in the mix, and he is so consistently good. Like his, I, uh, he's got to be one of the best iron players I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. I I just I think he'll bounce back. I don't. I think I I remember the derogatory slur. I think that was just a freak thing that happened because of COVID and no crowds. And I think he's a better player than to let that little slip up kind of get the better of him. And he'll bounce back, you know, by the time the Masters come into full or by the time the Majors come into full swing here. Um, but yeah, you're right. You made, you said Jordan Spieth earlier. He was another one that was up here for this tournament and he can't seem to pull it together. I'm not more, I'm not as confident as Jordan, as that Jordan Spieth will turn the corner as I am Justin Thomas. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Even though it looks yeah, like I mean, Spieth is playing better than, you know, him right now. If so is, if he's going to do it, it's going to be at the masters. Probably. I mean, just, Probably. He, he is a secret weapon on that course. He is a, a nice little bet any year just because of how he's performed. And we also know what he's thrown away, but that's just golf. But one thing I just want to say about the Genesis, yeah, I didn't watch that tournament at all, but mm-hmm. I happened to catch the very end on Sunday. Yeah. Homa hit a shot at one of the playoff holes that was just so incredible. I think it was the first one they played. He was like three inches away from a tree. Yeah. And he put the ball yeah. five, six feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Homa had a weird story because he remember he hit it close on 18 and he needed to make that it. birdie putt and he missed it. And it was right. like a good four feet. It was one of those ones that you didn't want to win a, a tournament. You know, you almost wanted like a 12 footer to win the tournament so you could be slippery. a little aggressive with it. Yeah. And it was slippery. Or you want something that's just like, you know, eight inches that you can just tap in and not even think about. But he had that like classic four or five footer. So then he misses that, then hits it next to that tree, gets lucky, able to get it out. Um, Finau misses his birdie putt and then Homo eventually wins it. But yeah, yeah you, it, was that. it was Burns. It was Burns. That what that blew that tournament though, Mango. I'm looking at the uh I'm looking at the scoreboard right now. Sam Burns. Tony Finau is another interesting one to me. Like to me, he's one of the biggest power hitters on four. And I mean he's he's really consistent. I think he he lacks in putting. Um, yeah. you know, a good bit. I mean, he hits, he hits a lot of close shots. So he makes a good amount of birdies, but he cannot get the job done. And and it's really, it's really interesting. And he's kind of one of those guys, like, yeah, I'm thinking of like a Lee Westwood where like, they're just mm. always harping on him or a Ricky Fowler, like yeah. always harping on him. Like, mm-hmm. are you going to win? Mm-hmm. And when you get that reputation, like, I just feel like it's so hard to, to like kind of overcome that hump where it like is. you start getting in your head and, and you start thinking like people are expecting to lose this tournament. And I heard yeah, a, Tony Finau is an interesting one. I heard a good, I read a story about Tony Finau, how he was one of the, and this is, this happens to a lot of PGA tour players. They get backed by like some type of billionaire or like mm-hmm. in a, a, like an, an investment group, a couple of guys that get together because it's, it's expensive to play golf in the beginning. You know, you need a good fifty, sixty thousand dollars to bankroll you for a year so you can go out there and travel and, and play enough tournaments and try to win a little bit of money. So I think he was he turned he he was an amateur. I think he was playing in college somewhere, dropped his amateur status and went and played in this like big money Las Vegas open thing. Somebody paid his way to get in. It was like thirty thousand dollar entry fee or whatever. Gets eighth and makes like a couple hundred thousand dollars and uh you know, that's kind of what jumpstart his career. So 
we'll see. He's 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 a good story though. I hope he, you know, makes that um makes that turn. I mean, top five, we also have um Cameron Smith, the Australian. He's he's strong. John Rom, obviously, he was my pick to win. Um uh, Vic- the guy. Yeah, Victor Hovland. Him. He's another one I love. I mean, if you watch he's that another one, yeah. If you watch he's his swing, I mean it is just you know, it is just silky. Um, what do you guys think of Matthew Wolf? Yeah, I think he kind of he kind of flared. You know, I don't I don't know if we'll really see him come back. Yeah, I haven't heard of him for a while. I mean, he almost won yeah. the PGA. Chan- what did he almost win? He almost won something. He shot a forty. Some. Yeah, he almost won the PGA. He yeah. was right there with Morikawa. Right. He shot a forty-four on the front nine today oh. uh, at the WGC. That's bad. That's, um, that's he, he's interesting because. I feel like Matthew Wolf is the most talented, one of the most talented, natural talented players on tour. But I think when with his swing and the hitch and everything that goes with it, there is just too big of a margin of error. Yeah. And I, I said that back whenever he blew the PGA. Like, if there is just the littlest thing that goes wrong, like in his swing – like he can't fix it because he just does not have there was another like a traditional swing. Yeah, there was another player that did this, and I actually saw him do it live because it was he was playing in the '84 Lumber and it was at Nemecolin, and I went to go watch him play, and he was going through this like weird phase where he he was tinkering with his swing, and he wouldn't do that hitch, but he would hold the he would hold the club um, parallel to the ground, like he wouldn't rest it behind the ball. And then just like right above his, like below his waist, he would hold it parallel to the ground and then start his swing from there and go into it. And it was just like the weirdest thing. Like, how are you hitting this ball? Like you're not going right from the ball to the ball, you know? (laughs) So a good story for Wolf would be for be for him to like evolve out of that little hitch, get more of a conventional swing and then come back and win. And you know, that would be a good story for him. But I think he wants to try to prove that he can win with this stupid little hitch. And then, you know, you shoot 44s and you know, you question everything. So we'll see. Um, Who's everyone's pick to win the masters again? I think. Xander. Yeah. And Alec, you were John. I was John Rom. Yeah. And I I can't remember what Ryan said. I think I said maybe more cow or would have been, than JT. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I think I want to change my guess right now, and I'm going to say that Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka run away with it to the rest of the field, Okay. and it comes down to those two, and DJ wins back-to-back Masters. I could see it. I could see Kepka coming out to play for this one. Uh, Dustin Johnson had a decent tournament. He was tied for eighth, yeah. six under. You know who else had a decent tournament was Francesco Molinari, the go- the Italian golfer. Mm, yes, he you did. Know? And uh, he took like the whole year off for COVID, and then you didn't hear about him. Um, and I'm not really sure what the whole story was, but, man, the guy has game. You can't deny that. And I think he has a little redemption to come back and try to uh, – try to pull off a couple more majors this year so especially the masters yeah he gets streaky man i mean mm-hmm. he had that run there where he won uh was it the it was the, the british, the the british. Or, yeah yeah and then the pga i think I so thought, he was like right no there he was four. right there for all of them i mean he was right there for the pga he was right there for the masters i think he only won the open championship and uh you know that almost hurt him as a european golfer for him to win the British open first because that was like his moment. That was like his peak, 
you know, if he would have won the if he would have won the Masters first or something like that, I think he would have been really hungry to go back out there and try to win the Open Championship. But he almost like satisfied his hunger with that, and then he couldn't get back over the top again. Still, though, you're right. He's streaky. He could come in and just come out of nowhere and uh, take it. So we're uh, a little over a month away from the uh, from the Masters. So it's good getting some golfing. Brooks Kepka even par, tied for 38th. We'll see. We'll see if he's able to bring it in. We got the TVs so. ready to go. We got the smoker set up ready. We've got the backyard coming together, Alec. We're going to have Masters coverage in every room of the apartment. Don't you worry. I can't wait. All right, let's end this show with our hypothetical. Um, I was going to lead the show with Rule Model, but then we just got started with talking about Tiger. And let's be honest, we would all pick Tiger. You don't Tiger even have an NBA gripe? Is that what you're... Oh, yeah, I forgot my NBA gripe. Um, I'll sneak it in here quickly at 55 minutes on the show. Uh, Three-pointers. I just feel like they take over the game in the NBA. And when you're down and, you know, you just shoot threes, like why even drive the lane? Why even try for layups? Um, I don't know what they can do about it. They can make the three-point line further away. Um, Ryan in the group chat was joking about a four-point line. I mean, like, honestly, like take away a three-point line and just have a four-point line and have it, like, further out. Like, I don't know. Like, just to do something interesting. I think they they used to talk about raising up the hoop and things like that, too, because the players are getting um, too tall or whatever. But I just feel like, you know, because it's so non-physical of a game already – you know, it's just like kick it out wide t- and, and shoot 25 threes in a game, try to get hot and and win and just win easy, you know. So that's my gripe. I'm sure Mango will be like, it's the best part of the game. Why would you get a three-pointers, blah, blah, blah. But I guess it's almost more of like a college gripe for me than the NBA gripe. Um, but it's just uh, it's just too easy to win basketball games, and it's not interesting to watch three-pointers. So they're big when they in, in certain moments, but – when you're making 28 of them a game, I just, you know, not doing it for me. So, um, yeah, I, so I, I don't agree. Uh, I love the three point shots and I love how the game has evolved, especially with players like Steph Curry, just going in there and just never missing. I think that it just changes your whole defensive scheme. And, you know, to answer your question, there's a lot of reasons to drive the basket, right? I mean, it's, it's much easier two point layup. Oh, can, I think uh, it's, you, the- you know, you, you, it's the you right can, way to play uh, the can, game, but it's, you, you know, they're just taking fouls, threes instead. Right. You could, you could foul uh, yeah. you know, one of their best players right out of the game and different plays and strategies. So I love it. I think the idea of a four point shot is just ridiculous. And my issue with that is I think some of these players just get a big head and you're going to see way too many four point shots that are missed. And that's just going to be such an epic letdown to watch that as a fan. So I think that whole idea is just ridiculous. I don't know. I just think Thank basketball God. needs to do something different just to like, you know, uh, you know, try to be relevant again, I guess. But yeah. I, so <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like in my mind anyways, <laughs> Right. So I feel like the, <laughs> I feel like you know that basketball is exceptionally relevant, right? It's a it's a worldwide sport. I think it's second in revenue in the top four. But um, the the three pointer, this is just this is this is your worst gripe yet, Alec. I mean, <laughs> the, the three pointer, it, it has been proven in the past that you can't take it right. I'm thinking of Mike D'Antoni when he coached the Houston Rockets when he had James Harden and his 
prime. He's still in his prime, but at the beginning of his prime, right? They, they were taking so many three pointers a game, and they couldn't win a championship with it, right? So that it's not a, it, it, you cannot rely on the three pointer. No, to you can't. Win you a, 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 a title, and I think that a three pointer is exceptionally hard to hit in the NBA. You think? Right? It, it's it's a really difficult shot to pull off see i don't think it's i don't think it's hard enough i guess that's my main gripe with it i I like the three-point shot i just want it to be harder you know no because there are very specific shooters we we talked about this before right there's a lot of role players but there are very few people on a basketball team that are going to take consistent three-pointers right the reason why you probably hate the three-pointers is because of steph curry right and steph curry is just sort of like magical Mm -hmm. right like he can he he just has range from everywhere right and i brought up the four point line and you know i'll I'll stick with it okay and say that i think it would be a good idea i'm gonna say you shoot it from the logo right um the (laughs) thing about that is that you cannot there's probably five people in the nba that could consistently make from the logo so it would be fun, you know, if you're down by yeah, trying to hit these monster shots. I agree. Uh, it, it would be interesting. I agree. I'll um, agree with you there. You know, I think that's what I'm saying. They need to do something interesting, you know. I'd love to see them implemented in, like, an all-star game. Mm. I think that would be a lot of fun. That'd if probably be just, the like, first. Made the, the logo four points in an all-star game. And, like, you just hit Steph just, Except like, for racking it would- up points. Except for it would be terrible to watch because all you would see is players going for the four-pointer the whole time. I think it actually – the four-pointer would come into play. I think you just implement it all the way around because what you want to see is somebody to hit it when they're down four you know, and tie up the game. I think that would be the best part of the four-point shot. You know, Everybody tries to get you know the three-point with the foul and you make it, but that's really unlikely. So you're probably better off trying to make – you know, a half quarter and get, get the extra point and win the game that way. But didn't, didn't yeah. LeBron take the ball up the, up the court the other day and take it like, I don't know, like eight strides outside the three point line and then just completely airball it. You know, like, are we yeah. calling, are yeah, we calling yeah. that a four point shot or. <laughs> but, but I would tell you when I said that there are five people in the NBA that could take the shot from the logo, LeBron is, is one of them. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, his, his vision from out there is, is insane. So all right. Well, well I'll, we'll I'll come up with a better gripe. I'll come up with a better gripe for next show. You know, <laughs> that was just something I was trying to think of to to come up with something. But um, yeah, let's do. Uh, I like the one that you pointed out here, Mango. It was um, what was it? Best best sporting event? Was it event or team? Oh no, it was the greatest feat ever achieved. Okay. In sports. Greatest feat ever achieved in sports. Okay. Um. You want to get, do you have one in mind? I'll go. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to go out of the box here. So I've recently got gotten into climbing. Okay. It yeah. It's a uh, mm-hmm. fantastic sport. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm guessing that you guys and probably a lot of other people have seen the movie free solo mm-hmm. where Alex Honnold free soloed El Capitan in uh, Yosemite national park. And now that I've started climbing and I understand the grades and how difficult certain pitches can be Mm -hmm. and reading about those difficulties on the pitches, 
Um, I'm going to say that him free soloing El Cap is the greatest sports achievement. Of wow. All time. Okay. That's a, that's a one out there. You know, I, uh, I, I wouldn't say I climbed consistently, but we used to go to a climbing wall out here in Pittsburgh a couple of times a year. And, uh, that was always a ton of fun. And the first time you tried to do it and you know, you guys can make fun of me cause I'm 220 and very muscular obviously, but, um, I was a little bit thinner then, obviously when I was doing these climbing things and like even any kind of grade, just a small kind of grade is just unbelievably difficult, you know, especially when you're just tr- starting out. So that's a good one. Yeah. That's one. From, I, I've only, from way... I've only just started to be able to touch the, the grades of difficulty that that climb mm-hmm. entails. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, really really difficult and to think of doing that without a rope yeah and just having the mental capacity for it it, it it's truly truly like an exceptional feat tyler do you have one yeah so i was going to go outside the box as well because we do seem to talk about uh, the same sports every podcast here so you you guys know i want to get into racing and we need to go to uh, some races here um, we'll just cast a wide net and just start going, you know, to different, uh, types of races uh, all over the country, uh, as often as we can. But it, my answer is let's go. Cause I just recently saw the movie Ford versus Ferrari. Let's talk about the Shelby okay. and the Ken miles story. There you go. Uh, I, I, if I were to, you know, rank my top three movies, that one would definitely go in it. Not so much because of the production and acting and all that, but because of the story. So, big fan of the story big fan of the accomplishment you you know you it's not just a physical and mental feat in terms of you know the competition but also everything leading up to it yeah um you know from an engineering and mechanical perspective i thought was super cool i've been uh the box. i've been meaning to watch that movie and it got kind of some very questionable reviews which has sort of kept me from from watching it um, but it is on my watch list to get to at some point. I, that'd be something oh, good to I, that'd be something to good to read about. I think I'd rather almost read read the story than watch the story because I'd want to know more of the details, anyways. But did you yeah, watch it, Mango? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what you're saying about the reviews, man. It's it, it got pretty pretty excellent reviews um, from from critics and and fans. So that's interesting. You know, Tyler that. The cool part about that story is that I've seen stuff on it before watching like the Grand Tour and, and other car shows like that. And all of the major plot points that happened in that movie actually happened in real life. So Enzo Ferrari actually told Henry Ford, you know, you're not your dad or you're not your grandfather, mm-hmm. you know, and like and he actually stopped production and said, you know, like, what the hell is going on here? Like, we need to be, you know, a better quality. So and, and all of that stuff, like all of those major plot points, right? Obviously, there were some dramatics to it, but, um, you know, they, they, they really happen in real life. And it, it's a fascinating story. Right. And, Alec, I know you said that you want to read it, but um, if you wanted to watch the, the Grand Tour episode, they do like a 20-minute special on the story. Okay. Uh, it, it really is fascinating. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fascinating story, and, and it's an excellent movie. I'll watch the movie at some point. You guys are kind of talking me back into it. Obviously, it's something I like sort of forgot about there for a little bit. But I didn't know about the Grand Torino, or not the Grand Torino, the Grand Tour episode. So um, that's interesting. I'll have to look that one up, too. All right. I'll, I guess I'll finish this out, this hypothetical out, with a very conventional pick. Since you guys are going off the wall, I'm going uh, 1980 USA Hockey 
uh, the Miracle mm-hmm. on Ice beating Russia. Actually, another you know, since we're all kind of tying them back to movies, I just watched Miracle on Ice last night with my wife. Great movie. It's probably one of my favorites of all time. I've watched it dozens and dozens of times. I mean, it's like anytime I'm playing bad hockey at all, I just like turn on the movie and it just gets me ready to go again. You know, so <laughs> you know, I had a couple of bad. I had a bad game last week in my in my men's league, gripping the gripping the stick a little too tight couldn't get the couple of good goals to go in there but you know how to turn on the miracle and uh that was just a good team and like you know i was kind of educating uh my wife a little bit about it because try not to mansplain obviously because that's not good but um you know she didn't realize that they were all college kids and the pro athletes didn't play in the games back then so when you really think of it in those terms like you have a bunch of college kids um you know, I think the oldest person on the team was 25 and the youngest one was 19. So, I mean, it's just like you have a bunch of 21, 22 year old, you know, like literal, like, you know, boys, really like young men and very young men at the time to come together and beat, you know, one of the best teams of all time. You know, it's just it's really quite a story. So, you know, the movie, the movie could be like five hours longer, in my opinion. Like I, that would have been a good one to like do a like a larger documentary miniseries on. But um, one of one of Disney's best for sure, in my opinion. So, all right, it's well, a great pick, Alex. Yeah. Um, well, we're a minute eight in, so I think great show, boys. You know, great show for the three of us. For yeah. the three of us, you know, I don't know if uh, you guys want to have any like final last words. I'm going to try to turn the music on a little bit, but um, oh, way too loud. I'm not going to. I think, I think most time. of the listeners are really going to be fascinated by the fact that Alec somehow managed to get himself a wife. Really, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell that there. story yeah. on a different time. There, man. Yeah, maybe maybe we could uh, just combine that with the Jordan Spieth story. From yeah, it strangely <laughs> dovetails, you know. So, all right, everybody. Well, I just want to I just want to thank you all for listening to the LLC Sports Talk here. Um, I think that was a good show. Uh, follow us on Apple and Spotify. And, uh, you know, like, thanks for listening.